0: What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm Kevin Miller, your host and guide to help you master your inner drive so you can live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life that sees you driving further and enjoying the ride. And for those of you who are hearing this on the day it publishes, Merry Christmas 2023. For those of you watching, you can see I am in festive red. In this episode, I wrap up our series on perfectionism and how it is hurting our drive. This is the big idea, the big takeaway and the big action episode to distill it all down. Being a perfectionist is what we've learned here is not something to be proud of. It's not something we want to really admit to. It, in fact, points towards our inability to be authentic and a propensity to people, please, and to perform. And it points to our insecurity, not our strength. So my catalyst and expert for the series was Thomas Curran, a professor in the Department of Psychology uh, and Behavioral Science at the London School of Economics. Thomas studies the personality characteristics of perfectionism how it develops, how it impacts our mental health. He's got a TED talk uh, titled Our Dangerous Obsession with Perfectionism. It's received more than 3 million views. Uh, And also then in part three in the series, I brought on my brother, Jared Angaza, which I always want to say he is my full blood brother. He's got a great story as to why he has a different last name now. But I brought him on to discuss our journeys as we uh, are both have been at least, seeking perfectionists who thought we were being valiant, but ultimately realized we're really trying to attempt to fill some self-identity voids. So come with me as I boil down the what I came out with, the six highlights of what I found out during the series and what I'm going to strive to learn uh, about perfectionism and what I really want to let be good enough in a lot of areas. Here we go. Okay, friends, here's my six highlights about this issue of perfectionism uh and with that you know uh, perfectionism i wanted to just kind of list it out here if you type it in perfectionism one of the first definitions if you will in a search engine comes from psychology today and it's really telling and supports obviously thomas's research he says per, or it says perfectionism is a trait that makes life an endless report card on accomplishments or looks When healthy, it can be self-motivating and drive you to overcome adversity and achieve success. When unhealthy, it can be a fast and enduring track to unhappiness. It goes on to say, what makes extreme perfectionism so toxic is that while those in its grip desire success, they're most focused on avoiding failure, resulting in a negative orientation. They don't believe in unconditional love. Expecting others' affection and approval to be dependent on a flawless performance. That's a great depiction there. And I really appreciate them saying, oh, perfectionism is not so much for most people, uh, and, and I've walked this too, not so much about going after and pursuing success. It's more about trying to avoid failure. Well, that's not really something I want to admit to. And as Thomas talked about in our part one, that it's one of the primary answers or responses in job interviews. When somebody says, what's your greatest weakness? And they go, oh, it's perfectionism. And we're saying that to make it sound good. Like I'm really striving for success and what we are finding culturally. So now if I'm the HR person or I'm the hiring person, I'm going to oh, so instead of pursuing success, you're probably more focused on trying not to fail, which means I'm probably not going to get your best. I'm going to get what you're doing to try to stay safe and try to stay secure, as opposed to you really going out there and trying to knock it out of the ballpark. And it reminds me of that pithy old statement, you know, Babe Ruth, our uh, legendary baseball guy, you know, with the most at the time, at least most home runs also struck out the most. So if I'm hiring you to make some home runs, then I don't want to hear about that you struggle with perfectionism because that shows me that you're mainly trying to stay safe. Wow. And again, I I say that as somebody who's now got a different view on my own perfectionism. So there's a definition, a bit of a preface for us. Here are my highlights. Number one, perfectionism is judgmental. I mean, how much I was thinking about it, how much would we struggle with perfectionism if you live alone on an island or even if you're just there with your family or a couple friends probably going to kind of lose those perfectionism things. Who are you trying to impress? We do it in relations to others, to the culture primarily, to our own expectations and shoulds. And I really, again, have thought before this series, well, I I think I've been coming down off of this for a long time, but uh, specifically now, you know, I thought, "Ah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm striving for perfection. I'm striving for excellence, right? And as I look at it, I think, no, I'm trying to avoid looking weak I don't want to be found lacking. I I pride myself on being capable. It's part of my health and wellness. Now, it's great to be healthy and well, but if the pursuit of it is just, I don't want to be found weak or incapable or or lacking, well, that's just, again, that's a judgmental uh, next to who. So, my self identity was so much on performance and how I come across in relation to others and measurement to others. A counselor pointed out to me once as I was talking about this, and he didn't necessarily say, ooh, this is you, Kevin, but he says, Well, some of what I'm hearing from you could point to you, to, to arrogance. So, you're supposed to be better, you know, and, and even from a lack of compassion towards myself. So, doing something good enough, normal, average, you know, it's fine. That's okay for everybody else, but not for me. Well, that's kind of arrogant or it's putting myself in a place of less compassion and acceptance than I would anyone else. And Thomas in his book, The Perfection Trap, talked about a study. I had read about it before, but a classic study that found that more than 90% of professors rated themselves as above average teachers. Well, I think all of us can do the math. That's impossible. 90% 90% of them can't be above average. Uh, and two thirds believe that they're at least in the top quarter. Well, the math just doesn't work. And yet here I am expecting myself to be better. What in relation to what? And overall, just as I'm a better human being, I am more of all, that's kind of speaks to arrogance. I don't really want to hang out with somebody else who feels like that, who thinks that, but it's all around judging and measuring against others. I mean, that's just how we do it. I mean, again, unless you're in a a paying competition, uh, when is it ever good to be constantly judging and measuring ourselves against others? It's not healthy. It doesn't lead to fulfillment. Number two. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. A probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long-term cumulative benefits In just two little capsules a day, taking Seeds DSO1 Symbiotic and avoiding the foods I know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none. I trust Seeds' clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals. You can entrust your gut with Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to Seed dot com slash drive and use code 25 drive to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of seeds. DSO one daily symbiotic at seed.com slash drive code 25 drive. That's not healthy. It doesn't lead to fulfillment. Number two, good enough is often best. That's what I got from Thomas's talk. Good enough is often, it's not just good enough. It's actually best. It's preferable. The tagline of Thomas's book, The Perfection Trap, is embracing the power of good enough. And again, man, it face value to me. It sounds terrible, like being lazy. It's like telling your kid to clean their room and they just kick some clothes under the bed, yank the blanket on top of the bed and are kind of a wrinkled mess and say, ah, it's good enough. And I'm saying, hey, actually, no, it's not. You know, it's not, uh, I want it done. I want it done better. Though even there, that's interesting. As I think about that, I, you know, I want that look nice before grandma comes over or something. Well, it's, it's compared. Do I really care? Again, Sometimes it can be respectful and it's a good way to, you know, do discipline and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we often relate it to that laziness. And yet, if I think about it, man, you know, we're going to waste our lives away trying to be perfect at everything. I saw an ad recently. I don't know where I was or or what it was about. I can't remember the product, but it showed this guy washing his car. So he's out there in the sun washing his car, some old classic car. He he washes it just ah, brilliant shine. Looks awesome. And then a bird flies flies over and poops on the top of it. So perfectly perfect, uh, you know, but, but really clean car. And it has this now little two inch by two inch spot of poop. Well, he could have taken two minutes like I would have, thank goodness, and cleaned it off that little spot and the car is still spotless. Instead, he totally douses the car and starts over. Well, if I'm his kid wanting to play ball or I'm his wife who's ready to go to dinner now or I'm the city wanting to save water, we'd say, bro, that's 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 a little extreme. Why don't you just clean out the poop and you know that's good enough, right? Totally cleaning it again. It's actually questionable mental health at that point. It makes no sense. And it, you can take that to the extreme and you know, here I will take it to the extreme, but just to prove the point. I mean, I, I brush my teeth in the morning and at night, I think that's good enough. Is it perfect? Well, no, I guess not. If it's perfect, I'm going to go to the dentist and get a full cleaning. Well, imagine doing that every morning and every night, or even once a day, or honestly, once a week. It's a little extreme. Brushing it is good enough. That's a lot of our life is built around things that were good enough. So let's question the things where we think good enough is, is not okay. And it, is it not? I think a lot of times we'd be better off to make peace with, no, good enough is often best. It's actually needed. I would desire it. Especially again, if I'm uh, the spouse of somebody who their perfectly clean car just got pooped on and they're going to start over. uh, No, good enough would be far better. Number three, think about mastery. Okay. So perfectionism I want to take it to mastery, an area of mastery. I'm a fan of that. I feel like in the world today, we are best off to have a, an area of mastery, an area of mastery, not a life. And, and I say that too, of mastery. And I'd say of mastering because I don't know that we can have mastery, complete and utter mastery in anything. I mean, you take the best in any field you know michael jordan was he an absolute perfected master no he made mistakes plenty he didn't have perfect stats he didn't he wasn't the mvp of every single game overall we would say oh my gosh he was a master i would say overall he had one of the highest levels of mastery of basketball of anyone but a, a perfect master you know no but let's go to master again i i am a fan of that i want to do And and to that point, I really want to just do good enough in as many areas as I can. So I have ample time to devote to an area of creating mastery. I think a lot of us are either just, you know, seeking average everywhere or we're seeking perfectionism everywhere. And in in the midst of it, we don't really achieve a level of mastery anywhere. And we don't get the opportunities that mastery or pursuing it gives us uh, perfect's impossible again. So is total mastery, but we're talking about an area where we're really pursuing mastery. We're, 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 achieving a mastery level. in in essence, I mean, I strive, I am striving to be a, have to have some level of mastery here as a, a podcast host, but I would really say probably as a communicator. That's it. You're listening to me now because I have achieved some level of mastery as a communicator and as a knowledgeable person in these areas of personal development, self help, personal growth. Uh, in the past, I've worked to have mastery as a pro cyclist, as an athlete. Uh, I've sought a lot of counsel to pursue a level of mastery in my health and wellness, uh, and what affords that those. Pursuits pursuit is just good enough in a lot of my areas of life. I'm just fine with the dishes being cleaned good enough that they don't have food on them. And let's stack them in and use them again. I brush my teeth in the morning instead of going to the dentist for a full cleaning. Uh, I, I kind of vaguely wad up. Actually, I'm so glad I don't do this often. But once in a blue moon and you know, I'm in the living room, maybe we're watching a show and there's a pile of laundry. I'll pick up some sheets and doggone it, it's one of those stupid fitted sheets. And I just kind of wad it up and put it, it's good enough, you know, I'll touch on that for a minute. For those of you who that's not good enough, it might be okay. Number four, be aware of the goal. Be aware of your goal and these things that you're pursuing in the roles that you have, the duties that you fulfill. My brother and I, Jared uh, talked in part three about this concept that just came to mind for me of imagine you're, running across a field that has a whole bunch of canals that you've got to get over. Maybe you've got to transport your loved ones with you or something. Well, what's the goal? What's the goal is the goal to, and I'm going to make some things up. They're kind of facetious, but is the goal to get across these canals by building a beautifully ornate bridge. Imagine if you're some crazy reality show, you know, and they said, okay, your job is to get over these canals with beautiful bridges. Okay, if that is the goal, then you're going to stop. You're going to look for the best ingredients to build something. You're going to think about design and art, and you're going to spend a lot of time. That would be the goal. Now, let's say you know, your goal is to get from one end of the field to the other as fast as possible, and you can't touch the water. So you got to get over the thing and you can't jump it. You're going to have to build a bridge. We're going to look for just whatever you can throw a log over it, anything that will uh, not break, you can hold on to and scramble over and go as fast as you can. The goal is speed. Or they'd say, hey, the goal is to make something different every time. Okay. So a lot of variables. So you got to look for different things. So I did a log here. I did a, uh, a bunch of, of, of branches here. here. I put a dead elephant over that one. You know, when I'm making that up, obviously. Oh, you know, is it beauty? Is it strength? I want the strongest bridge. Is it safety I want the safest bridge? You get the idea. What is the goal with what you're doing? What is the goal? And if you think about, my gosh, the goal is just to fulfill X. I don't need to worry about this. I don't need to fret about this. I don't need to analyze it anymore. Just do this. That's and that's where you could, you know, see from a, a parenting standpoint or a boss's standpoint. They're going, oh my gosh, just it's good enough. Just do that and get on to the next thing. Is often that, and we stay here and we fret about it. Uh, we're looking at. I do want to pull out back to the fitted sheet. You know, there's also a goal of just your personal peace, owning it for yourself. And if you're a type of person and you really have joy in taking a fitted sheet and making it perfect, think about somebody with a smile on their face and peace in their heart. And they're doing that fitted sheet. And by the time they fold it, you can't even tell. And it just gives them joy. Well, that's beautiful. And they love to set it there in their linen closet. And it perfect. It's perfect. And it just gives them joy. I know people who have great joy in a home where everything is, you know, somewhat perfect and it's just for them. And I know a lot of other people, more actually, who are fretting about things in relation to other people. And it's not something they care about, but it's in relation to others. And it's anxiety and stress and it's exhaustion and whatnot. And I would say, oh my gosh, you know, let that. Let that go. All right, number five. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us, the great things, is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis. But now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy. Let that go. All right, number five. Who are you trying to impress? Comparison. How much, and this is, you know, overlaps the judgment and even the last aspect, but who are you trying to impress? Think about comparison. It's interesting as I am recording this, it's around the holiday season and I've had a few flights recently and I'm going over these big cities and it's interesting how you'll often see a conglomeration of Christmas lights. Now let's say it could be a bunch of neighbors who banded together to have the Christmas spirit. That's great in reality, I know often it's, if you have somebody who really does a bunch of Christmas lights, the people next to them by comparison, you know, they pull in or they pull in with their kid and their kid goes, Hey, you know, the, the Jones is over there. Look at all their lights. Why don't we have any? And so it's by comparison and we go do something. So you'd see these pockets of light that would go out where, and you think, Oh, there's some comparison going on. We also have the reality. And I know we diss this, I kind of get tired of it, but it's just got truth to it. Social media. I mean, I was thinking about um when I was a kid and living in a neighborhood I didn't see perfection. I just I lived in a neighborhood, we didn't have a whole lot of TV and we're out and you don't see perfection, you see people living real lives. Now, if I woke up as that kid I was way back then in the 70s and the 80s, I would have my little uh smartphone here and I'd be looking at Instagram to use that and I just see real after real or picture after picture of perfection, of the best there is in the entire world. And that's what I'm measuring up to. That's the difference of how we live today. I think that pushes a lot of this perfectionism thing. All my thoughts are comparisons against absolute perfection. The exceptions out there that are very often completely unrealistic, complete exceptions to the norm that are, well, often they're not even real. They're fake. And we know that. But to th- to again, think about that. We're, we're comparing ourselves to the airbrushed, to the perfect angles, the perfect lighting, the perfect plastic surgery, uh, the, or somebody who's just all their job is, is aesthetics. You know, I can do that and look at myself as a guy and I want to be chiseled or, or, you know, like uh, Thor or The Rock or, you know, whatever that is. People who spend a majority of their day working on their physical appearance because that's what they're paid for on TV. And I measure myself up to that. That's not what I'm paid for. That's not what my role is. I'm a father and a friend and a business. I got a lot of things going on. I'm not devoting myself to being a perfect chiseled statue, but that's what we see right now. uh, That alters our thoughts and our pursuits. It's interesting. I I saw recently, I think it was the first Indiana Jones and here's the lead character and it was Harrison Ford and he was smaller than I am. Uh, He was less muscular than I am right now. And he's the lead guy. Man, that's a much easier comparison. I don't feel the need to perfect myself against that. But today, that, perf- that leading man is the result of a, a god-awful amount of training and muscular status that's way beyond what's necessary. But who are we trying to impress? And sometimes it's even just ourselves. I've had to, a lot of that in myself. I'm I'm comparing myself and trying to impress myself with my own unrealistic expectation that I didn't really look at what the goal is. Who am I trying to exp- impress here? Whose expectations am I trying to live up to? It's been interesting when my wife and I first got married, maybe we had a kid or two and the efforts that we would go to to have the house just right before somebody came over. Oh, somebody's coming over or we're having dinner with some folks and and to do that. Now, I still care about that today. Fast forward 30 years and at some point we've got, you know, seven, eight, nine kids. There's just not time to do that. Now, again, we're going to you know everybody go tidy up some stuff, get the, you know, get the the, the lizard out of the room or whatever it may be, you know, uh, go tidy up. But my gosh, we, at some point you got to decide between, am I going to just, am I going to take a shower that I haven't had in a few days uh, before folks come over? Or are we gonna, actually going to make dinner? So they have something to eat or are we going to go around? We just, it, the house is good enough. Just come on in. If they don't like us and judge us for that, we're probably not going to be good friends anyways. Again, some of this I'm exaggerating, but I'm trying to get that point. Now, I I will say one thing as far as the aspect of impressing. There are times, especially professionally, where it makes sense to, where before you go to that interview, maybe put some nicer clothes on than you would normally wear especially if it is relevant to where you're going to work. If you're going to go be a lawyer, you're going to wear a suit. It's one of the reasons I'm not going to be a lawyer because I just really don't like suits. But if I was, you need to play that game. If I'm going to be a realtor, I'm going to go buy a nicer car than what I choose to drive right now. And I'm going to do it to impress because if I drive up in my cars, my old trucks, uh, people are going to go, I must not be a very successful realtor. So there are some games to play out there. But even that, to realize it's a game. I'm playing a game. Cards on the table, uh, and I'm doing that. And again, then you know your goal. You know the goal that you're doing it, you're at peace with it, you're in agreement. This is back to my aspects from my book. What drives you is knowing what you want and why, and be in agreement, in agreement uh with that. All right, number six, last one. Who is the judge? At the end of the day, who is the judge? Perfectionism, judging. Who's the judge? You are, or we need to be, we need to be the judge. We know our goals. We know what we want. We know why we know why we're doing something. We know why we are pushing to, uh, perfectionism or not. We're the judge talking about authenticity. We're in an age right now where authenticity is held up as this ideal. Man, perfectionism is not authenticity for the most part. So this is a line from Thomas Grant to move toward perfection is to alienate ourselves from ourselves or worse to never find ourselves at all that's inauthenticity who is the judge we're supposed to be the judge of of ourselves i want to be a compassionate judge i don't want to be judging myself actually so again who am i trying to impress here thomas pulled out a quote from uh lao tzu care about what other people think and you will always be their prisoner all right, last quote I'll leave you with that comes, this comes from my dear friend, Tom Ziegler, son of Zig Ziegler. And it's not really even a quote, it's a concept. And he says, I, I want to have the highest standards. Okay, he I says, I want to have the highest standards. So think about that in terms of perfectionism. He enjoys that. And I do, man, I do enjoy shooting for the stars. I do enjoy to some aspect pursuing, you know, what you would say is excellence, doing a good job. I, I want to do that. He to pursue the highest standards and have though, and have though the deepest grace. And so I want to do a good job, but often... You know, have highest standards and deepest grace is is doing something that, that's good enough. It's good enough. I don't need to waste more time on this. I don't need to waste more anxiety. I don't need to try to do this to impress other people beyond what I feel is okay for my own life and my own authenticity and what I own for myself. So there you go. I really hope that gave you some new perspectives on perfectionism. Ultimately for you, just as is for me, we're going to hear this. It's going to make sense. Probably going to be hard to take root unless you take some time to audit yourself, audit your own life and look at, and I would say, use the red flag or, or, or the telltale sign of where are you have an anxiety right now? Where are you fretting? Where are you overanalyzing? And look at what that objective is that you're, you're having this in this area and to question what your goals are, who are you trying to impress, uh, and use that as a red flag. Uh, again, uh, Thomas Corrine's book, for those of you watching the video on YouTube, which a lot more of you are these days, uh, the perfection trap is the book embracing the power of good enough. You can find that online, Amazon, wherever you buy your books. If you appreciate the podcast, Thanks uh a lot of you. We've gotten a bunch of new uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts for the show, and I appreciate that greatly. That is a great way to help others find us and know what we're about. So thank you for doing that. It's a great way to thank us. If you're, if you would, uh, you can leave a rating on Spotify as well. You can see these shows. I, I just mentioned that we've got a lot more people who are not only watching the, us on YouTube, but uh, responding there. And I get the opportunity to respond back. So you can find me at KevinMiller.co. That's uh, where you can also find us on social media, uh, where we're doing a lot of clips these days as well. Also, if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Until next time, stay driven. Yeah.